the future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here on Employment Radio. Showing up just in time. Just in the just nick of time. Just in time. <laughs> I'm really happy I got to meet him. I'm really bummed I'm not on the interview. Or we could just say I was just silent the entire time. That would just make it creepy. Right. I just sat there and didn't say a word during the entire <laughs> That's probably how we should have framed it. Oh. oh, man. That was, I'm sorry, that has to be one of the coolest human beings I've ever met. I am sorry. Well, I get to listen to the podcast just like everybody <laughs> else. Too. And get to experience it that way. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Dylan, thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for finding us. And this is a very special interview episode. Um, I personally could not get here in time. I was at my other job and, uh, and I was, uh, we were doing interviews and I, I couldn't get out um, in time to get over here soon enough to our studio. But Sarah... Just had an amazing interview. Do you want to tell us about it, Sarah? Because I haven't heard it myself yet. I kind of just want to get right to it because it was – I have to say that – so, of course, I was joined by J.P. Sears. He is hands down one of the nicest, most inspiring people I think I've ever met. And I am so sorry, Greg, that you missed that because you would have loved him. Yep. It was incredible. So he talks all about um, like how kind of he got his start doing comedy, um, what inspired him to do his first videos, uh, about his life. We talk (laughs) – we just talk a lot. It's, It's really great. Very cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited to listen me, like, to it. Death dart no, I'm no, I'm not at all. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I know. I'm. I just I, felt there's nothing so bad here. I think I just we. Feel bad I think we talked about it a couple of times too. I'm like, oh, Greg is gonna like as soon like whenever he'd say something funny, which he did a lot, I'd be like, oh, Greg is gonna be so bummed. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> well, that's all right. Um, I'm happy you were here to do the interview, and I'm very, very grateful for JP coming in here as well. So yes, and um, he does have one show. So all of the shows are sold out this weekend. So they added one extra one, and that's going to be for Saturday. That's Saturday, May fourth at five. PM. There's still a few tickets available for that one. And that's at Helium Comedy Club here in Portland, the Portland, Oregon Helium Comedy Club, wherever you're listening. So that make sure you pick the right one and <laughs> uh, and get your get your tickets. And uh, yeah, Sarah, I'll let you take it away. All right, here we go. Here is JP Sears on Fun Employment Radio. Uh, I'd like to welcome to Fun Employment Radio. So of course it's me, just me today. Greg is still stuck downtown, but I am Sarah Dillon, and I am joined by JP Sears. Yay! Yay! Thank you, thank you for having me, Sarah. is is wonderful to be sitting here with you and not Greg. Oh my gosh, I know he's the worst, right? <laughs> <laughs> I will say he was very, very bummed that he has to be stuck downtown today. So, oh, cool! Uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that he feels bad. He feels so passionate. I feel about honored about that. <laughs> you should. Well, is this your first time that you've been to Portland? No, I was here just one other time about two years ago on my book tour, <gasps> and it feels great to be back. And to be honest with you, and I'm not just saying this to flatter Portland people, I, I crave spending more time here. Yeah, yeah. I I think weird attracts weird. I, uh, my wife and I last year moved to Austin, Texas, which is kind of like the How por- is that? I've never been to Austin, Love but I've it. always it, heard, it's, yeah. It's like the Portland of Texas. I mean, of course, Portland and Austin have their uniquenesses and differences, but they're a very similar vibe. So I I love being here. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And you were just – I saw your um, video. You were just in Eugene, and you're going to be back there on Sunday. Yes, I'll be in G- Eugene performing Sunday evening. That video was hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> and and mainly 
funny. <laughs> is there is there like a competitiveness between Portland or Eugene kind of a rivalry? Or no, but so there is like Oregon State and University of Oregon. Yeah. But um, yeah, but not so much with Eugene. Like Eugene's an amazing place. I haven't really spent that much time there. My whole family, except for me, went to college there. Cool. So both my parents and my sister. Right on. Well, look yeah. at you guys all collegiately astute. I know. Well, I went to Washington State University. Wow. Yeah. My whole family didn't go to college. <gasps> did you go to college? I went. Yes, I did for three months, and then I was done. <laughs> really, the only throughout all my schooling, the only thing I learned from school is that school was spelled wrong. I don't think it needs the H. <laughs> Once I learned that, I was, yeah, I feel like that doesn't, that's unnecessary. I was done, very done with college after three months. Yeah. I just, like, man, I, the idea of like taking these general courses, like learning about rocks. It was awful. It was awful, nor did I know what the hell I wanted to do in life. And, and college certainly didn't offer a career track for not knowing what the hell I wanted to do. Yeah. And now as I look back and I realize, like, wow, I, I feel so blessed. I'm living my dream. And I realize, like, as the hybridized comedian that I am, college certainly didn't have a career track for that. No. So I look back, though it scared the hell out of me to drop out slash fail out of college after three months, I'm so glad it happened. It was one of the best things for me. So after you decided not to do college anymore, how, did you, how soon was it that you kind of figured out your path and what you wanted to do? It was, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's been a long gluten-free breadcrumb trail of please, what please I wanted tell me to about do. It. Oh my so. gosh! I don't know if Nick told you when he said that you guys were coming. I'm like, I'm watching the gluten. I have some gluten-free friends. I was like, cry laughing in here. I'm oh, like, oh, I, love it. I mean, I've seen it before, but it had been a while. It's hilarious. I'm sorry, gluten gluten-free bread trail. Yeah. So when I was in, close to 19. I got passionate about like personal training, helping people with exercise, get out of pain, and 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 just get healthier. And that quickly, so I started studying all these alternative courses for that. And that click quickly led me into getting passionate about nutrition. Awesome study that working with people on that. And that quickly led me into getting into stress reduction. Like, whoa, that can make a huge impact on people's lives. I didn't know it. It fascinated me. And then that led me into like the deeper realms of what I would call emotional healing. So for about the for about a decade and a half before I did anything comedy wise, I was doing emotional healing client coaching uh, under the life coaching umbrella. Because you still life coach, correct? I don't. I, I gave up my practice a couple of years ago. Just so many beautiful opportunities. But you life coach on the internet, at least on the internet, <laughs> which is the most. <laughs> that's where all of life happens, by the way. Absolutely. So <laughs> we don't exist. You know, the, the, I, I was I was grateful to quickly find a scent trail of passion after I dropped out of college, and I think it was necessary to get out of college in order to find the scent trail. Interesting. Yeah. So when did you, um, like, take your studying and, like, your spirituality and kind of figure out, like, hey, this is something that I can also turn into, like, a comedy thing? October 4th, 2014. I love it. That's the day I I filmed my first comedy video. It was released the next day, October 5th. Which one was your first one? It's called How to Be Ultra Spiritual. So at the time, I just thought, like, hell, you know, let me make this crappy comedy video it won't be funny nobody will watch it nobody will laugh at it but i just kept having the itch to share some perspective through the language of comedy because humor it's always been natural to me is you know i've always been very comedic in my personal life with friends family 
but it, on the professional front, I always told myself as a life coach, it would be bad for business <laughs> to be funny because, you know, life coaches, spiritual teachers, you're supposed to be serious yeah. and probably even pretentious, <laughs> which was my way of telling myself it's best if I'm not myself. But then I started to looking back, I can say like, oh, learning to let my comedy come out. That was a rite of passage to say yes to being more authentically me. Wow. So, yeah, four and a half years ago is when I let the, the comedy start to come out. Was it difficult trying to find the balance? Because you are sincere in what you're doing, but also, you know, you make a little bit of fun about it as well. Is it kind of hard to find that balance when you're making the videos or even like performing your comedy? Nope, uh, because you just have a, <laughs> I think I have a sociopathic mentality where I don't worry about the balance. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think sometimes the best way to be in balance is to bounce across the extremes. Whereas, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, I'll, I'll just be sincere as hell. And other times I'll just be comedic as hell. And sometimes it's like right in the middle. And sometimes it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I think on the whole it creates balance. But I definitely I find great liberation in and the freedom of not worrying about being balanced. I think balance yeah. happens when you don't worry about it. Have you ever surfed? No, I've uh, bodyboarded. Cool. Never I've never surfed, surfed either. That's, <laughs> okay. So I'll use a surfing analogy. Awesome. I think, you know, when I you got wa- a Nick laugh, by the way. <laughs> That's always my favorite when you hear the <laughs> I love it. Nick's, yeah, yeah. Nick's my new spirit animal. He, isn't he, though? So Nick is an avid surfer, obviously, living in Portland. <laughs> and so what Nick taught me as I'm watching him catch these amazing waves, you know, the best surfer maintains their balance by not thinking about it. You know, if a surfer's try, thinking about how am I going to be in balance, mm. they're going to be moving too slow to be in balance. But I think we can stay on the wave easier when we're not trying to maintain our balance. Maybe we're focusing on focusing is a great. I like that. That I didn't go to college. (laughs) So I couldn't focus enough in college. (laughs) So I'm focusing. So I I think sometimes we allow the, you know, our heart and soul and our mind to speak better when we're not worrying about trying to be in balance, just like the surfer in this uh, analogy. It's it's really gone off track a a while ago. I loved it. I was still inspired. Let's talk about the surfing analogy for another hour and a half because I think it'll get better, Sarah. What are the top 15 things you like to pretend to love most about surfing, Sarah? Um, uh, the sharks. They're, they're amazing. Man, you know, so. <laughs> Please say you have something about sharks. I, I used to live in San Diego mm-hmm. for 10 years. And, you know, I, I would swim in the ocean. is beautiful. But I was always af- afraid of sharks. Yeah. And, you know, when you start. When you actually are honest and tell someone like, oh, you know, yeah, let's do go swimming, but I'm afraid of sharks. Every, especially the locals, they have the rationalizations like, oh, you know, you're more likely to be killed by a vending machine than a shark. And then oh, they yeah. go into these things like 99% of shark attacks happen in like waist deep water, shallower. It's like, yeah, that's because that's where 99% of swimmers are. <laughs> Sharks don't kill people where people aren't, but also 0% of shark attacks happen on land. (laughs) So I'm going to be afraid of sharks. I'm still going to swim. Just don't take my fear of sharks away from me. That's like when I have a fear of flying and people try to justify it. Like, you know, you're more likely to get into a car crash on the way to the airport than an airplane crash. I'm like, cool. Now I'm afraid of also getting into a car crash. Yeah. It's like either one would suck. Now you should definitely be afraid of car rides now. Thank you for the helpful advice. Thank you for making me fear it. (laughs) 
What else do you think people should be afraid of, Sarah? I don't know, but I wanted to ask you, do you ever get afraid of people getting angry about, like, for example, like the gluten thing? Yeah. Like, do you ever get people that come up to you and they're kind of like, hey, I, it's an actual intolerance that I have and I, I feel like it, it's not a joke? Yes and no. No in the sense that it's never happened in real life. It's funny, in huh. face-to-face interactions, yeah. there's this thing called accountability. <laughs> wow. Oh, so no. we tend to treat people with a little bit more respect. But, of course, online, when we're protected by this bulletproof vest called the keyboard and we're behind a computer, of course, there's, you know, the, people's outrage and oh, offense yeah. comes out there. And, and I'm also a big fan of... Letting people feel how they feel. Yeah. And, and so, for example, when I put the gluten-free, how to become gluten intolerant <laughs> video out. Yeah. Of course, there's a lot of people that loved it. And then some people who needed to get angry about it. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you? This is a real intolerance. Well, it's like it's so accurate. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's offensive to people probably because it's spot on. Well, and here's the funniest thing to me that I didn't tell people is I'm gluten intolerant too. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I didn't like announce that in the video because... So were those gluten-free muffins that you were challenging they on? They actually on? Okay. were. <laughs> so I didn't want to like tell people that in the video because it would like rob them of their own emotions yeah. that they needed to project onto me. Oh, man. But I, I I love the like the debate that happens in the gluten free world. Like, is it an allergy or is it an intolerance? Is it a sensitivity? It's like, well, it's a pretentiousness. It absolutely, I, is. and it's all those other. And it's things. also yeah, and it's also an allergy. <laughs> and it's fun, and like my health is helped by being gluten free. But my health isn't helped by being a pretentious jerk. Yeah. Well, you that, are not that. <laughs> thank, thank you. You're welcome. Well, how did you incorporate – when you started doing your videos, is this also – were you doing comedy at the same time? Had you already been doing stand-up – or not stand-up, I guess. What would you call what you do? That, so I call it conscious comedy. Okay. Now, that is as pretentious as me <laughs> announcing, like, I can't eat that. I'm intolerant to gluten. But I'm going to own it. I'm a conscious comedian, Like, we're Sarah. talking about leaning into it. <laughs> you got to yeah. own it. I am leaning. I am not a comedian. I'm a conscious comedian. Oh, that's amazing. But that honestly, that's a term that it resonates with yeah. me. And you can tell me I'm full of crap. I'll be like, and it's awesome to be full of crap. So... I I wasn't doing stage comedy before the comedy videos. I'd been doing speaking and teaching like sincere health and uh, emotional healing, self-growth workshops, retreats for a decade and a half. So one of the the things I would do if I'm showing up in a city to teach a three-day weekend workshop Mm -hmm. that might be amazing material, but amazing helpful information gets really boring after about 30 minutes so I, I, without knowing it, I, I found a lot of fertilizing of my soil was happening because for three days I started to find like I, I get to be a better teacher if I'm entertaining mm-hmm. people along the way. So I'd let my my humor come out. You know, it's not on video, but like with with a group of people for a weekend. And then, yeah, the the actual like I'm on stage here doing comedy shows that started about a year and a half ago wow and honestly it's been a big wave i'm riding it's so thrilling it's without a doubt the most exciting thing i'm doing i love being there in person connecting with people connecting with my audience having a good time and hopefully we all walk away from the comedy show thinking a little bit deeper but 
I just love it. And, and it's awesome. And it's so challenging because it's one thing to write a video, which I still love doing. But it's yeah. there. there is a deeper challenge just like going back to surfing because we both deeply relate to <laughs> both it. Both avid surfers, yes. You know, surfing a 20-foot wave, it's more challenging, more of a thrill than surfing a five-foot wave. So for me, doing stage comedy, that's the 20-foot wave. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so funny. Um, what kind of surfboard do you ride, Sarah? Oh, um, it's a long pink board. one. It's a long uh, one, a long one. You're, it's big and it's long. What, what type of surfing do you do? Uh, I'm on the pink surfboards. You <laughs> sound like a surfer as much as I do. I kind of want you to go to the Oregon coast now while you're here and surf. There are crazy people that go out there and surf. Oh, man. I bet yeah. that's cold. It's, they're, yeah, they're are there sharks? Suits. There's probably sharks I think there are sharks, Nick. Are there sharks? Yeah, I think the, there are sharks. There's sharks in the ocean. Yeah, we're gonna say there's. <laughs> we're definitely... gonna commit to the sharks. How long have you been a marine biologist? Oh Sarah? my gosh, for as long as I can remember. And is that training, <laughs> like from college, or did you take a two hour long school. online course? <laughs> yes, and along with my real estate course, <laughs> I took my marine biologist course. <laughs> <laughs> the world needs more marine biologist, real estate Podcasting, agents, real estate Podcasting. agents. <laughs> Just a hybrid. Um, I wanted to ask you, who makes your amazing headpieces? It's a good question. So <laughs> Thank you. funny story about that. The first headpiece I wore, I still have it. It's just dirty as hell, and I don't know how to clean it without ruining it. It was, you know, making my first comedy video October 4th, 2014. Yeah. The girlfriend I had at the time, she was behind the camera. I just... And right before he started, I'm like, oh, this is like an ultra-spiritual, making fun of the New Age movement. I should wear like a headband, flower in it, sort of like in the, the, the zeitgeist of Woodstock kind of theme. Yeah. So I'm like, do you have anything? So she had this silk kind of lacy scarf. Mm-hmm. Silk isn't the right term. Lacy scarf. Cool. And then we happen to have flowers. So I'm like, cool, grab a flower. So I rocked that for a couple of years. And then most recently, my newest <laughs> headband... A friend of mine owns a place on Maui, and which, by the way, the best kind of friends to have are the ones that own a place on Maui. Which that's means, where you could learn to surf. And your Hawaiian vacation just got a lot less expensive. Oh man, you're lucky. So yeah. <laughs> so he he and his wife sent me a video of them buying this headband that has a flower sewn into it, fake flower, from a naked guy on the beach in Maui. That- that's about right. And then when my <laughs> wife and I, I had a Hawaiian Island comedy tour uh, over New Year's, so we spent a couple extra days visiting them in Maui, and they gave me the headband. And each time I, you know, I don't wear it for all my videos anymore, but once in a while I'm like, yeah, this is a headband vibe video. Yeah. I'll wear that, and I'm always, like, they literally had the naked guy, his his ugly naked Maui penis <laughs> on the video I'm looking at that they sent me as they invited. Maui so there's that association I have with my headband now. I'm like, this is the naked it's been Maui all man. Over my penis. Head. I think penises are ugly. Uh, some of them are. Yeah. I like your optimism. Thank you. You're like I'm trying to be positive. Yeah. I like that. I'm trying to. Um, so when you are like on the road, I mean, you are, since you are touring and everything, how do you, now, do you like meditate daily? Do you do yoga daily? How do you like practice spiritualism like in your everyday life? Oh, I think there's a, a few ways. Part of the answer is I'm I'm not always consistent with it. Yeah, uh, I 
I do my best to do a short meditation every day, do a few minutes of yoga on my own every day. I feel so good when I do those sort of things. And I don't always do them, but uh, 90% of the time, I'm pretty consistent with that. And then to me, the most important part of my spiritual practice is being in touch with my feelings, Mm -hmm. feeling what I'm feeling when I'm feeling it. Uh, And uh, I'm going to project this onto all people. I think that's our superpower. I think our feelings are our power source. Uh, Do you know who Carl Jung is? Oh, yeah. World famous surfer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Swiss psychiatrist. I think he died in 1963. I am loving this thread you are weaving. (laughs) Super wise man. He has a quote I love. He said, our feelings are the language of our soul. And, And if we... Pretend he was right. Our feelings are the language of our soul. That would mean our feelings are, it's it's how our soul speaks. And that, I would think that's very powerful. So I think oftentimes we vilify our feelings. Yeah. Unless we're feeling happy or joyful, we vilify our feelings. But I dare say just because we're feeling something uncomfortable, we're afraid, we're ashamed, we're angry, it doesn't mean it's unhealthy for us. I think however we're feeling in the moment is very healthy to be connected to. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we want to dwell in it or victimize ourselves. I think it's actually just the opposite. The more we unapologetically become the fierce warrior of our life who goes into our feelings and feels them courageously, even though they might be very uncomfortable, yeah. the more we actually allow ourselves to process those feelings, get empowered by them, learn from them, and move on rather than dwell in them. I think what makes us dwell in our feelings the most is trying to avoid them. That means we get stuck in them. It's like if you want to avoid the sensation of food coming out of you, you get very constipated. So the food gets stuck in your digestive tract. I think it's the same thing with our emotions, with our psychological digestive system. Mm -hmm. So with that said, on my good days, I like to be very in touch with my feelings. And to me, that's a very important part of my spiritual practice. Wow. And there's one of my favorite authors. Do you know who Brene Brown is? No. Another great surfer. So she, <laughs> Brene Brown, she has one of the most popular TED Talks of all time. It's called The Power of Vulnerability. And she's got a bunch of best-selling books out. And she has a quote that says, he or she who's willing to become the most uncomfortable is not only the bravest, yeah. but rises the highest. And I think when we look at anybody who we admire most in our lives, the great things they've achieved have been a direct result of them allowing themselves to be uncomfortable, getting out of their comfort zone, Mm -hmm. doing something that scares the living crap out of them, but they do it anyway. And I I look at my life, Mm -hmm. everything great I have, like my wife, my stage comedy, the opportunity to reach millions of people via uh, my work. I wouldn't have any of it if I wasn't willing to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Every ounce of what's great and meaningful and purposeful in my life was found by my willingness to get really uncomfortable. Now, I'm by no means like a Zen master wizard at it. I still have so much to go. Yet I think all of us can get mileage when we give ourselves permission to get uncomfortable and not vilify uncomfortable feelings, but actually glorify them and realize we grow the most when we're uncomfortable. That's why you, you go to a Tony Robbins event. He has to do a fire walk for a freaking reason. Yeah. Because it teaches. Have you seen him? I have. Yeah. In fact, I had a chance to, um, Tony Robbins had me come out just a couple of months ago to do a, oh, wow. a private performance for him and his inner circle of platinum partners. 
such a thrill. What an honor. Oh, oh, cool. It's, I mean, honor is an understatement. Yeah, He's yeah. my favorite surfer of all time. <laughs> so I, 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 when I first met Tony, he invited me to one of his events in Dallas, Texas a couple of years ago and met him backstage. And he said, JP, I'm such a big fan of your work. And I just about had a heart attack. I I'm bet. like, what is this happening? Did yeah. you just say that? How dare you, Tony? <laughs> Did that come out of your face, Tony? <laughs> but uh, I mean, it that was so uplifting to my heart for sure, and such an honor to get to perform for him. So you know, that's why he has you do a like a fire walk because it teaches you when you're willing to get uncomfortable, you become an unstoppable force of nature in your own life. But if you're only willing to feel comfortable you'll probably have a proportional amount of emptiness and lack of satisfaction in your life. Probably not very much sense of purpose, but I think we can reverse that if we're willing to get uncomfortable, do the things that scares us, allow ourselves to be scared and do them anyway. I don't know how to follow that. That's incredible. That's beautiful. Oh, amazing. Thank you. No, I feel it makes me because I've, you know, I'm doing some like new things too. And it's, it's reassuring to hear like, do something that scares you because it will be fulfilling if you take that chance. Hell yeah. And yeah. You, so you recently got your real estate license. I know. And, and I'm, I'm that... kind of struggling with this thing of like not trying to be a douchebag. Like I'm, I'm not trying because I feel like once you become that, then everyone's like, oh, you're just trying to sell me something. And I want, I genuinely want to help people try and find something that they'd like, but. People I'm, would be homeless if people like you. Weren't. No. And I'm I'm just struggling to try and like make it okay with myself to to you know talk to people about this thing that makes me uncomfortable. It, which is beautiful. Yeah. Like I, I love the idea of like you're struggling to make that happen. The alternative is you're paralyzed mm-hmm. and un- unwilling to do the struggle. And I would guess like even getting your real estate license in the first place was a challenging, uncomfortable task. It was. Yet you were willing to get uncomfortable and do it anyway. And that gives you opportunities Thank that you, you otherwise wouldn't have had. You are so awesome. Well, my God, I feel I... No, it's JP, not God. Oh. <laughs> Surf God. <laughs> <laughs> so you are extremely popular and you're mostly sold out this weekend. Yeah. But there's an extra show that was put on, correct? Yeah, we were... Enough, enough grace, all five shows sold out uh, really solidly. So we added a sixth show, 5 p.m. Saturday. So we want to welcome more weirdos in Portland. Oh. Uh, come have a good time with me. You picked a beautiful weekend to visit, too. I'm very grateful. You that brought, I think you brought the sunshine with you. Katie. I appreciate your delusional perspective. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're. I'm sorry you made me feel better about myself. <laughs> we're, we'll be having such a good time at Helium Comedy Club. Uh, Show we had a show last night, two shows tonight, three shows Saturday. Wow! So the the new show, so it's seven thirty and ten tonight. You know that already if you have your tickets. And then the extra show is uh, tomorrow at five p.m. Five correct? p.m. Come out, have a good time. Five p.m. Pick, yeah, and I just want to thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me because I did see that all of them were sold out, and I'm just like, oh well, he has no reason to come and you know chat with us. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Heck yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you for having so me, sister. Cool. All right. Well, where can people follow you? And all, where's the best place to send people to see your videos, follow your schedule, what yeah, you're up to? Let me give you my home address. That's the best <laughs> place to follow me. Uh, totally not no, creepy. <laughs> all, all my social media handles are Awaken with JP. So Instagram, YouTube, 
Facebook, all the things, Awaken with JP. And if people, um, when people go to the show at Helium, uh, do you come out? Do you do like a, hey, hi, how are you after the show? Yeah, we do have a, a meet and greet option available. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so get that. You want to meet this person. So go and meet JP and follow everything on the internet. And thank you so much for coming in. This has been a delightful way to spend my morning. Oh, you're welcome, Sarah. Okay. Thanks for having <laughs> Thanks. me, sister. All right. There it was, Greg. J.P. Sears, right here on Fun Employment Radio. He was awesome. He's like the I, coolest. I just sat there silently the whole time. That's <laughs> what was going on in that interview. No. Uh, uh, th- yeah, that was just great. And he actually so. did hang out for a couple of minutes so that I got to meet him. Yeah. yeah, that was very nice of him. So he stayed. So the picture looks like I was there. And if people just listen to the interview part, they will think I was just silent. Either way, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. Send us an I email. I just muted you the whole time. FunEmploymentRadio <laughs> at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120, and uh, hit that subscribe button. Yes. If this is your first time listening to our show, we're live every weekday, and, uh, and then the podcasts go up afterwards. So we have a subscriber network that's called the um, called the Fun Employment Radio Supporters Club. That's six ninety nine a month, and then you get to listen to the shows live, or the podcast goes up uh, later on the same day as well. And we appreciate support however it comes. So hit that subscribe button, leave us a review on iTunes, follow us, and uh, and uh, all of the things. And all of those things. All the things. All the things. Uh, thanks you for your support. And thank you to JP Sears for coming in here. Yes, and thank you to Nick and Helium. And yes. Everybody. And everybody. Thanks to you for listening. Absolutely. And we'll be at uh, the Kentucky Derby thing uh, at Portland Meadows tomorrow. Yes, that's true. And then at... Landmark. On oh yes, promote Sunday your event. from four to six for my real estatey stuff. So if you want to come, grab a business card from me and Sarah will buy you I'm a beer. With, I will buy you a beer. Yep. Landmark boo, Saloon, forty four seven Southeast Division. That's this Sunday. JP taught six. me not to be afraid to go for what I want, so I'm going to do it. Okay. Do you want a breakfast sandwich? I already had one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll be back next week with more Fun Employment Radio. <laughs> Bye.